2: Analyzing markets and financial news, this is Financial Issues Week in Review. Welcome to
3: Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and we are live with you here today. If you want to get your call queued up, we want to stay strong. We want to continue to be uh, salt and light in the culture war. We want to help you be a good steward of everything that the Lord has given you. So I want to encourage you to get our newsletter if you... um, you can get that for free just by signing up, going to our website, financialissues.org. You can get the newsletter. It comes out every Friday afternoon. It is very well done. It is precise and concise. You can read all of the headlines, of the economic news and other news that's happening in the world you can even click on those articles and get more in depth so you can keep up with everything there is a place on there where you can donate to the ministry but we're never aggressive about asking for money from you we just we put it out there just to just to remind you that we are a ministry that is funded by listeners and um, you know just to be obedient if the if the Lord is leading you in that direction. Um, If you are watching us on a Saturday on an AFR station, of course, we are not live, but this show does run live Monday through Friday, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, and you can catch us on our phone app, Facebook, uh, YouTube, lots of... Uh, different ways that you can catch us there, but the best way is the phone app. Just in case we go off a station that you're used to watching us on. Well, speaking of AFR, the AFA Foundation does lots of great work. So if you are in the market for some permanent income, uh, more importantly, you're you're looking to give a gift to a ministry that really makes an impact check out their charitable gift annuity. You can go to our website, financialissues.org, and click on the AFA banner, and that will get you right over to their website. You can even call in. You can talk to Riley over there. She'll give you a quote. She'll explain um, how the charitable gift annuity works and see if it's right for you in your portfolio. If you are a partner with us, you can listen to the latest partner conference call that we did just a week before last. It is now posted on the website. If you're not a partner, consider becoming one. It's only $85 a year. You'll get access to a buy and sell list of equities, mutual funds, and ETFs. You'll be able to see our asset allocation models. And if you're so inclined, be able to manage your portfolio yourself. Well, why is that important? It's important because we advocate for biblically responsible investing. We want to be good stewards, and we want—we do not want to allow the money that God has trusted us with to be uh, promoting the kingdom of darkness. We don't want to let those companies invest God's money in things like abortion, pornography, the LGBTQ agenda, and all of those things that grieve His heart because they hurt His kids. The big news of the day is the Federal Reserve has raised the target interest rate by 75 basis points. I don't think that was a surprise to anyone who was following that story uh, because we did get a very um, unexpectedly strong job market report. So the job market is the labor markets are remaining very tight with 1.9 job openings for every person who is actively seeking work. Yesterday, the ADP job report came out and there were 22% more jobs created in the private market for October than was expected. And then we got the unemployment numbers out that have confirmed that we're still not seeing a lot of softening in the job markets. Now, the in the private market, The increase in jobs was mostly, it wasn't broad-based, it was mostly in the leisure and hospitality sector, which is interesting that there's a lot of spending going on in leisure and hospitality when we're in a technical recession. I'll get to that in just a a second. But the sectors of technology and financial services actually saw job losses. So those are the uh, industries that are being affected by the higher rates in addition to the housing market. So, uh, after the decision came out, uh, J. Powell had a uh, press conference with where he kind of laid out. You know, the the interest is not so much in the decision, but it's on hanging on every word that J. Powell says after that. So, I did listen to the press conference, and there were lots of great questions answered. Um, and they cited a really tight labor market as one of the reasons for yesterday's hike because they're being data dependent. They're looking on all the data that's coming out. And what the market was kind of pricing in was a 75 basis point rate hike this time, but most likely starting to back off a little bit in the December decision, maybe going down to 50 basis points, which they're, they consider a little bit of a pivot. It's not a pivot in going in the opposite direction, but it's just a slowing of the increase. So that becomes a little bit less likely as we see these You know, really strong labor market Um, numbers come out. We're still going to get some inflation numbers and some other data that's going to come out twice before the Fed meets again and gives their decision in December. So, there was a Fox Business reporter that asked, in my opinion, the trillion dollar question. His question was about government spending. And he kind of asked the question that I've been saying for a long time, that we have the Fed fighting the government. So when the government spends money, it has to get monetized. And the Fed has been buying a lot of gov- of government debt. That is what gets the money into circulation. So w- during COVID, we saw the Fed's balance sheet increase dramatically. We saw the money supply increase. Uh, skyrocket. The money supply is still uh, very much higher than it has been historically. The basic definition of inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. So what got the money into the economy? Well, m- the majority of it was the COVID relief that both the Trump administration and the Biden administration did. Trump's injection came in the beginning when it was very needed. The Biden administration um, injected much more, a much bigger liquidity package into the economy than Trump did. And they did it after the economy was already showing signs of recovery. So that is that is a huge problem. Uh, the j did indicate that... Uh, the consumer was still very healthy spending, and you can see in, in travel and leisure as well, or they're not showing signs of deterioration there because they have a lot of money in their savings accounts. Well, they have a lot of money in their savings accounts because of all of that COVID relief that was injected there. Um, so that is going to be a problem. So the reporter asked him, you know, how big of a headwind is is COVID, Is the past COVID uh, spending plus all of the money that they've yet to put into the economy that's already been passed. There's so much more money that's just sitting there waiting to be deployed. And he gave a really odd answer, in my opinion. It sounded like a very political answer. He said that he didn't really know how big of a headwind it was. But you know, I, and I sat there and played it over and over and over, and I just don't think he's being forthcoming with all of that. They're, the the focus shifted to a lot of other things, but to me, we can't get inflation under control until we get government spending under control. He also said that the path has narrowed to a softer landing and that job loss could be less because of so many job openings, So the inflation picture has become more and more challenging over the last year, he said. So the markets are under pressure. It doesn't look like the market is going to get that pivot that they were expecting maybe in December, but we'll see how that plays out. We'll keep you posted. Well, don't go anywhere. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and we're going to be right back.
4: Thank you for your services, and I just want to call to encourage everybody listening to become members.
5: At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial
4: decisions that honor God. I have never found anyone in the finances, even Christians, who have this passion and and the honesty that you have. You're not taking anything in. It is incredibly generous of you what you're doing. Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today. American Family Association President, Tim Wildman. Why does AFA exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture. We want to make an impact on our country for Christ. That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40-plus years ago. Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed, and he was determined to do something about it. Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you, and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at
2: 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345.
6: I got to hear how strong her heartbeat was. I was like, I felt like she was supposed to be here. And it didn't matter what anybody else told me. All that mattered was that I was blessed with the ability to carry life inside of my body, and that baby was supposed to be here for something, and that was all that mattered.
2: This is the story of a young lady who decided to keep her baby after hearing her baby's beautiful heartbeat on ultrasound. The Ministry of Preborn provides ultrasounds for pregnancy centers across America for free. When an abortion-minded woman hears her baby's heartbeat on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to keep her baby, and the story does and end there. Your gift of $140 will cover the cost of five ultrasounds. All donations are tax deductible. You can help save a baby's life right here in America by donating to Preborn. To donate, dial pound 250, keyword baby, pound 250, baby, or donate securely at preborn.com. That's preborn.com.
4: Do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks? Think about it. When you invest in a company, you make a decision to support the things that that company supports. And it may not be things that you agree with.
3: We had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion, gambling, and pornography. Thanks to Financial
5: Issues, we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money.
3: We are honoring God.
4: The best decision we have ever made. Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically responsibly keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda grow your money god's way learn more by going to financialissues.org become a partner honor god and take control of your finances financialissues.org
2: now back to financial issues week in review
3: welcome back to financial issues i'm your host shanna burke and in case you haven't heard we have an election coming up in less than a week make sure that you're registered to vote it is too late in some places to register if you're not registered but some places you can register all the way up to the day of the election but get out there vote your values if you don't know who to vote for go to ivoterguide.com you can put in your address it's going to bring up your own personal ballot it's going to show you all of the candidates that you can choose from, and it's going to show you, it's not going to tell you who to vote for, but it's going to show you where they stand on the important issues. Now, you know your values, you know your heart, all you have to do is look through those issues, and it's going to become very clear who you can vote for and who you can't vote for. Well, in ahead of this election, the Biden administration is really trying to um, save some face here, put the blame of inflation um, on the war in Ukraine, you know Russia's invasion, um, do anything that they can to uh, say how great they are. I saw a tweet from President Biden saying, you know, because the Republicans are threatening to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act if they uh, have a sweep of Congress, which I hope they will do. And he's he's saying, oh, you know, no more thirty-five dollar a month insulin, and we're not going to, you know, you're only you're not going to have two thousand dollars of. Um, medical expenses, your medical expenses capped at 2000 and you know all of these little bitty tiny things that he's trying to do to combat inflation, but he's doing nothing. In fact, he's doing more harm than good with his policies about oil. So as more and more oil companies are reporting record profits, the Biden administration is threatening to confiscate some of it. Why? Because he's saying that they made it off of a war situation. Well, wait a minute. Did the oil companies actually cause this war? Or are they the reason that that Putin invaded Ukraine? No, they're not. There's a lot more to the story than just the war in Ukraine. I mean, think back to when Joe Biden was on the campaign trail, how he threatened to shut down the fossil fuel industry. That's a very real goal of the left. And they're only backtracking on it a little bit because inflation is so out of control. And they have to know that that's part of it, that we're not energy independent anymore. That was obvious as we've seen Biden go to Venezuela and Iran, asking them to increase their, and Saudi Arabia asking them to increase their production in oil when we've got plenty of it here. So, Seth, I'm going to steal your moments in history for a minute. Let's let's just take a look back in history. Well, it was 1980, and there were two things that were weighing heavily on everyone's mind and that was oil, prices, and inflation. Sound familiar? (laughs) Inflation had risen from 3% to 7%. The price of oil had doubled in a year from 1979 to 1980, and then inflation skyrocketed to 13%. Inflation was the topic du jour for everyone, and no one was denying that the cost of oil was the primary driver of inflation at that time. So does anybody remember who was in office? It was President Carter. And do you remember what happened during his administration? Well, in 1980, his State of the Union address contained the word inflation 48 times and the word oil 57 times. Carter blamed the increase in oil prices on OPEC because they had raised the price of oil 500% in the previous decade. And we were dependent on foreign oil. So they enacted the crude oil windfall profit tax of 1980. So you mean Joe Biden's windfall tax on oil companies is not his original idea? No, it's been tried uh, before in the 1980s and during World War II. So they enacted uh, this crude oil windfall profit tax, and it generated some $80 billion in gross revenues. Doesn't sound like a drop in the bucket in today's dollars, but um, it it was a big deal then. Oh, and he cut the budget deficit, which was only $55 billion compared to our $6 trillion budget deficit today. He cut their budget deficit by 50%. So he cut government spending by 50%. But he put in new and costly government regulations on the oil industry. Is anybody having deja vu yet? So because of that, U.S. oil production, uh, crude oil production in the U.S. declined as much as 8% over that period. And this is according to Congressional Research Service. So the windfall tax increased the nation's dependence on imported oil because companies in the U.S. didn't want to invest in their companies if they were going to be penalized for making money. So... This wasn't a new strategy. Like I said, the The war profiteering levy uh, enacted in World War II had a similar impact. So Biden's justification for trying to take profits not earned by the government, well, I guess you could say that they maybe they did have a hand in these oil companies' record profit. Maybe the government did have a hand in it as they... Um, Followed through, tried to follow through on Biden's campaign promises, shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, you know, that just this has suppressed um, the oil company's desires to invest in refining, which, you know, we not only have a problem getting it out of the ground right now because of, you know, restrictions on federal leases and all of that, we also have a refining issue. You know, I I read recently in in recent weeks that refining capacity was at 102%. I don't even know how you get over 100% unless you're doing it in a very dangerous way, um, threatening the environment even more. But, you know, we've we've got problems. And, you know, Biden wants to blame it all on Putin, but he's got to take some responsibility. And I love this quote from John Quincy Adams. It says, duty is ours, but results are God's. So we're talking about voting here. The duty is ours to get out and make our voices heard, but the results are God's. So I pray that we see the red wave sweeping the country like we're hearing is going to happen, and that we we get some government spending under control, we um, get some common sense things happening in the oil industry, and we get this country more importantly back to its roots of christianity and our problems can't be solved from a political perspective i'm not suggesting that at all the change in this country is going to have to start in the heart of every american so we need to be praying diligently for that to happen because people are not going to get a revelation to vote on the issue of abortion let's just say until they have a biblical worldview, until they believe that god created Every human being, and that every human being bears his image and is 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 sanctified. Is is human life is precious. So, and if if you don't believe that, then you won't care about Im- abortion. You will put the rights of the mother, you know, to lead a happy life and not have to be burdened by caring for a child, you know, as the the center of their their universe. But once you really have a heart change and you see the world through a biblical worldview then there's no way that you can vote for abortion there's no way that you can vote that the lgbtq agenda is a good thing so i don't know do we still have time to get to a call Let, let's try to get to john yeah, in uh, alabama hi john
4: yes uh i just got a question do you guys I bought UT-55 and now I'm finding out that that is a a ESG. Are you guys screening out the ESGs?
3: We don't. So I'm glad you asked. That's a teachable moment. ESG is the polar opposite of what we're trying to do here. So the E stands for environmental, so that means that they screen out companies that harm the environment like fossil fuel companies. The social issues that they screen out, they believe that women should have the right to abortion. They believe in the LGBTQ agenda. So ESG is really everything opposite of what biblically responsible investing is. Governance, it has to do with government regulations. So it's all about the woke agenda. It's totally opposite from what we're doing here. The only thing I would say we maybe have in common with ESG is that we don't want to see human rights violations happen in business. We don't want to see human beings exploited. And, you know, we do believe in being good stewards of the earth, but we don't believe that it's human beings that's causing the destruction of the earth and that we have to save the earth. We believe that we should be more focused on Jesus's mission, which was to save the world rather than to save the earth. So two totally different things, but I'm glad you asked, John. Thanks for calling. I think we've got time for just a couple of, I don't know if we have anything on social, but I know we've got plenty of questions from the website.
5: We sure do, Shanna. I love everything that you said there. Claudia is saying, should I invest in physical gold and silver if it's a yes? Uh, What place do you recommend I purchase them from? If so, I was also considering an IRA account backed by gold. Please share with me your thoughts. I'm 55 years old.
3: Well, I'm not a fan of metals. Uh, Dan wasn't either. Um, He used to say it's okay as part of a diversified portfolio, but you really shouldn't have more than 5 or 10% of your portfolio in metals. He always preferred silver. There's more industrial uses of silver than there is for gold, but it's a terrible idea to own metals in an IRA account because the way that if you're going to own metals, you should take physical possession of those metals, and you just can't do that if you're owning them in an IRA. So, you know, there's no uh, there's no fundamentals to gold. Dan, Dan always used to say silver has an industrial use, so that makes it a little bit better. But for gold, there's cost, it pays no dividends, so you're not going to get any income from it. You're going to have to pay for storage if you hold it in an IRA account. You're going to have to be very, very careful with the commissions to buy and sell it. They're not really regulated, so they can really get you. I've heard some really horrendous stories of what it costs for people to get into and out of gold. Um, and then, you know, the, just the liquidity. You know, you're going to have to be able to sell it to get your money out of it. So... I'm not a fan. There is some exposure to metals in one of the funds that we have in most of the portfolio strategies. That's the mutual fund, the defensive mutual fund from Timothy that we have. So if you have that, you probably got enough exposure there. So um, you know, I would just look for something else. Well, I'm your host, Shanna Burt. We're going to be back with more financial issues after we take this quick break.
2: If you like what you're hearing right now, you're going to love going to the website FISM.TV. FISM.TV is the home of nationally syndicated TV, radio, and podcast Financial Issues with Shanna Burt. But it's also home to the Engaging History program, A Moment in History, and the news show FISM News. So keep listening to this show right here and right now, but later when you're done, go visit our website. It's FISM.TV to learn more about this show and plenty more. I pray that in these trying times, that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And
3: And to show her how to live a life that is pure, I want her to understand how precious life is and to to take care
1: care of his body, to eat right and exercise and understand that his body is a temple temple of of God. God.
2: I pray that our family will love Jesus, read His Word daily, and obey His teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest.
0: I'm a partner of uh, uh, financial issues, and I appreciate what you have done for uh, the average citizen. I became a partner back in June, July, and the best thing I've done, I've taken over 30 years of my savings and um, have been able to manage it through your process, and I have a much greater peace since, uh that I'm doing the Lord's will. So anybody that's thinking about it, do it. And also get on the portfolio tracker. I enjoy doing it myself. I'm learning a ton.
2: Securities offered through GA REPL and Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily represent those of GA REPL or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan.
3: Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and we're here answering your calls. We're also going to answer some questions from social media and from our website. But first, I wanted to mention that the new iBond rate is 6.9%. So, you may have heard us talking about that quite a bit here on financial issues Is that is part of um, a strategy that, that we use for part of your portfolio. Um, if you have some longer term cash, meaning cash that you're definitely not going to need to spend in the next year and, you know, maybe in the next five years, there's a, um, because inflation has gone so high, the interest rate for I-bonds is tied to the rate of inflation. So just last month, we saw rates over, I mean, uh, prior to, Prior to this Monday, we saw rates at over 9%. They've dropped down a little bit, but 6.9% is still a really good rate. So I know you you may have had trouble getting in as the system, the Treasury system, was overloaded last week as people were trying to make the deadline before the rate changed because we did suspect that it would go down. So um, other alternatives for, for the cash parts of your portfolio that may be a little bit longer are CDs. And if you're looking for a good CD rate, you can go to one of our partners, Christian Community Credit Union. They are a Christian credit union. They are, they have affiliates all over the country. So no matter where you go, you can find a, a local, maybe not a Christian Community Credit Union branch, but an affiliate branch. But more and more these days, people are doing business over the internet. You can also call them. But they have an introductory rate a CD that I believe is 3%. So you can... Check them out. They also have some liquid CD rates that are paying higher than the national average for uh, the one-year CDs right now. I believe the national average is somewhere around 1%, and they have a liquid CD that's paying you even more than that, and you don't even have to um, give up your liquidity on that part of your money. So make sure you go to Christian Community Credit Union and check them out for your CD needs uh, your banking needs your checking savings they do offer a credit and debit card that gives to missions so you can feel good about um, where you're spending your money and that it's generating some funding for the kingdom well let's get to some calls we have um, Linda Linda's calling us from Louisiana hi Linda
4: Hi, Shanna. I'd, I'd like to ask about some cash that I, I do have, and um, I, I'm not interested in the CDs at this time, but I had to sell quite a bit, as you know, uh, in my
3: income portfolio. Um, I have, um, uh, let me tell you what I have. I have UT33 and UT83 left, and also the three uh, ETFs number two, five, and six, and I have like $87,000 on the sidelines. So, what could you maybe suggest? What I would suggest is just sit tight for a little bit. We're having an election next week, and we've been working diligently on redeploying uh, the asset allocation models. So, those asset allocation models are going to change probably uh, next week, sometime. So, I would just sit tight. If you if you do anything other than just the cash holding in your brokerage account, uh, you may have some liquidity issues or maybe some some volatility. Um, you know, that you, you don't want to get in something today and then try to move it again next week. So I would just sit tight and take a, a peek at the asset allocation models toward the end of next week. Okay, good. Thank you very much, Shannon. I appreciate it. You're doing a great job. Uh, thank you, Linda. We appreciate your support. Well, Seth, what do we have there on social?
5: Sorry, Shanna, I was just taking Linda off of the live there. We've got uh, a couple good things here on social. I, I'm getting a laugh out of so many people on the website, Shanna. The, the Brian crew, Sandra, everybody is just talking about their frustrations with this current administration. So it's good stuff. I hope the people are enjoying that. Uh, Brian, on the website, one of our Brian's has a question about I-bonds, which you just mentioned, Shanna. When and how often is interest paid? Also, when interest is paid, is it compounded to the initial invested or paid separately?
3: That's a great question. So it's important that you understand how those those things work, um, if you're going to go and add them to your portfolio. So the interest is compounded semi annually. Um, every six months, the i bonds get a new stated rate. So at six months, the interest is added to your principal. So the most that you can put in is ten thousand dollars per year per person. So if you put in your ten thousand dollars, uh, you know, six months ago. You just got half the rate of the nine uh, percent annual rate that they were paying added to your principal. So now, this six months, you're going to earn the new rate, which is six point nine percent, on your original principal plus the interest. So that's how compound interest works. Um, you get the interest whenever you cash in the bond because it's added to the to the value of the bond. So. Uh, Another neat thing about that is if you use the money for, you can either pay taxes as you go. You can report the amount credited every year and pay taxes on that, federal taxes. Um, You don't have to pay state taxes on that. But if you don't, if you just let it compound and you uh, cash it in later down the road, you could use that money for qualified higher education expenses and you might not have to pay taxes on the earnings. So, you know, I know so many people want to use 529 plans, but it's just next to impossible to do if you really have a heart to be biblically responsible. So this might be a great way to put some money aside for uh, higher education expenses.
5: Very good, Shanna. Next one, Sandra from Oklahoma saying, Shanna, is there a difference between a beneficiary and a pay at death?
3: So both are types of beneficiaries. Uh, you usually hear the word beneficiary in conjunction with a employer savings plan or an IRA plan. And the important thing to know about these, uh, in both cases and the payable on death, that's usually available um, if you open a brokerage account, we call it a TOD, a transfer on death. A lot of financial institutions, banks, and credit unions call it a POD, which is a payable on death, where you just list a beneficiary. Now, what this does is it makes, whether it's a beneficiary or a payable on death, it makes these types of accounts non-probate assets. So what that means is it's easy, easily transferable to your beneficiaries. And it, uh, I'm not an attorney, so I can't give legal advice, but it kind of circumvents, it's outside of the authority of your will. So you want to make sure that whatever you have listed in your will and what, however you have your beneficiaries are the same if those are your goals. But you can also do neat things like um, I recommend a lot that when people consider their estate planning, if they have any giving that they want to do at death, um, we want to be tax efficient. So we know that the, thing, the money in our pre-tax uh, retirement accounts like IRAs and 401Ks, the taxes aren't um, – avoided. They're just postponed to some later date, either for the person who owns them and takes them out later, they have to pay taxes, or the beneficiaries that inherit them. So you can name a beneficiary. You don't even have to change your will to do charitable giving at death. You could name your church or any organization that you give to, financial issues, Um, whatever ministries you like to give to, you can name them as one of your beneficiaries. So the benefit of of having a beneficiary listed, and you want to make sure that you have beneficiaries listed, and it's the people that you want them to go to. So you should check that periodically. Um, I I recently helped a new client a couple of years ago. Her husband uh, died unexpectedly. And at a young age, he was he was only 60, he got cancer and, and died. And he was the one that primarily handled all of their financial situations. So she didn't really know anything about it. She came to me and we were gathering assets from all of the different places that he had. Him. He had money at work. He had two financial advisors, one that did traditional stocks and bond uh, investing and another that did a lot of insurance, annuities, and things like that. Well, as we were... Um, transitioning the, one of her accounts from her husband's name to her name, we found out that there was no beneficiary listed. Now, the good news was that the will said everything went to her, so it reverts to your estate when you don't have a beneficiary listed. So so the money was coming to her, but she just lost a lot of options in how she could do it. Because it was an annuity and because it was the contract, um, she didn't have The ability just to roll it over into her name. They told her that it all had to be distributed. That was the only option because there was no beneficiary listed. So it's very important to check your beneficiaries. Um, Do it. I do it with my clients in annual review. I remind them of who their beneficiaries are and make sure that that's still the way that they want to go because that's something that you can change at any time. You don't have to go to your lawyer. You don't have to change your will. You can address things that way. So it's a, it's a great, uh, flexible option to have on your account, but you need to stay on top of it and make sure that it accurately reflects your wishes. So.
5: so I love what you said there, Shanna. It reminds me, Dan would say, you know, all the time, not only is it something that is really good to do for your family members, but it's an act of love too. You don't want to put an extra burden on them while they're grieving your loss. This is a way yeah. that you can show them love in the future and they can benefit in the future after you've passed.
3: That's right. That's right. So, you know, make sure your house is in order.
5: (laughs) Yes. Amen. We've got time for one more here. I think, Shanna, we can squeeze it in. This is just a comment from Dell on Facebook saying, I wish I'd never got out of the stock, got in the stock market 401k. I did so before I was saved and came to believe that it is the world system for the antichrist that will be used in the end times. The other thing is that it's so hard to get out without losing so much you've put in. Interesting stuff there, Shanna.
3: Yeah. So, you know, you could use a dollar cost averaging strategy. I don't, I didn't hear a question, but it's just a comment, but this just came to me. You could use a dollar cost averaging strategy to get out because it's really hard, if not impossible to time the market. So take a disciplined approach. That's what we recommend getting into the market, but you can also do it to get out of the market. That way, you know, you don't get the highest price. You don't get the lowest price. So you have fewer regrets. Well, I'm your host, Sheena Burke. We're going to take a short break and then be back with more financial issues.
2: People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ working in the lives of His people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the
5: biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It has a profound impact
2: on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs, and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org.
1: All throughout the red light district in India, women are trapped in a cycle of survival through prostitution. But they're not alone. Their children are there, hiding in back alleys, under a bed, or asleep in a room not far from the drugs and brothels outside. Five million of these children are trapped in the red light districts of India, at a high risk of being abused or used in the trade themselves. But India Partners has made a way for you to rescue these children and relocate them to a safe, clean home in a safe neighborhood where not only their physical needs will be provided for, but they'll be introduced to the love of Jesus. And hopefully, with these resources, both the child and their mother can escape the sex trade and start a new life outside the red light district. Just $62 will provide a week of safety for one of these children, and $275 will provide for a whole month. Visit IndiaPartners.org to see how your Your gift can reach into the red light district and provide days of safety for one of these 5 million children.
6: Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank?
1: Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account.
6: Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? Mm, No. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them but credit unions are owned by their members and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24/7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. To get started today, visit us online at mycccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union, your money building God's kingdom.
2: The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program's sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program.
3: Welcome back to Financial Issues. If you were listening during the break there, you just heard us talking about India Partners. That is one of the ministries that we partner with here at our ministry. We use, as Dan used to say, the megaphone of financial issues to encourage you to support kingdom work through good, solid ministries like India Partners. And one of the things, the traditions that Dan always did on Thanksgiving is that he would um, sit with his grandchildren and he would look through the India Partners catalog, and he would let them pick out what they wanted to do for for the India Partners campaign. And you know, he always he always talked about how fond he was of doing that and how it was it was meant so much to him and Yvonne. And um, so I want to encourage you maybe start a tradition like that uh, this Thanksgiving with your family. If you want to get the India Partners catalog, you can go to our website. It's financialissues.org. You can click on the India Partners banner there to the right, and it'll show you the catalog. So it's going to give you some really specific ways that you can direct your money to help people in India. And uh, all of the work that they do, like rescuing children from the sex trade in India, um, investing in People and women, uh, giving them sewing machines, giving families chickens and goats, and clean water. Um, and you know, if you're really just undecided on which way to go, you can just give. You can just designate it to the greatest need, and India Partners will do a great job in allocating that money for you. Well, um, if you do support this ministry, uh, you also support the the FISM news that comes on nightly at six o'clock Central, seven o'clock Eastern time. You can catch that on our phone app and several other outlets as well. It runs live on Facebook. It runs on YouTube. um, And you can uh, like us. Same thing there. Like us and subscribe and all of that good stuff. Share us there. But you'll hear the the news headlines from a biblical worldview. Well, let's finish up the show with some interaction with some callers. We've got Eddie. Eddie is calling us from Tennessee. Hi, Eddie.
4: Hi, Shanna. Uh, I have a, a couple of questions for you. I'm trying to get this tracker set up with all of my positions. And I'm running in I'm with the uh, income allocation model. And what I'm running into is some of these Timothy uh, mutual funds. I'm I'm having a little trouble trying to classify those, um, such as TM55 and 68 and some of those. Another Another question that I've got is I've got a really – I've got a lot of this in before-tax money, and I have my cash is extremely high. And I was just wondering, should I move that out? Uh, the problem is I, I think it's exaggerating the other sectors. Just just wondering if you could uh, give me some advice on that.
3: No, that's okay. It just means that you're heavier in cash right now, and that's okay. We're going to be modifying the models um post-election we were we've been working on different outcomes whether it's a red wave or a blue wave or still a a gridlock split um you know we're we're going to make some modifications either way and that probably will come out uh next week sometime so you may just want to sit tight for everything that you can't um code from the drop-in just put it in other so it's going to show up um i, I didn't have time to look up the numbers that you gave me. In fact, I didn't even write them down. But uh, just sit tight, take a peek at the asset allocation model next week. And unfortunately, when any time we go and we change the allocation, asset allocation models, it does take out your your sectors uh, in that sector column. So you're going to have to probably rematch again next week. So it's okay. Don't don't do anything with the cash just yet. We're going to be making a few changes next week.
4: Uh, one quick question: Is it? Did I read that right? That there's no technology sector in the income allocation
3: as uh, of I right now.
4: Okay, but that possibly yeah. could change.
3: It could. So just um, just code your technology stocks to other right now. Uh, any anything that doesn't have a match, just put it to other.
4: I got you. By the way, you're doing a great job. I really appreciate it.
3: Thank you, Eddie. We appreciate your support and your encouragement. Greg's calling us from Georgia. Hi, Greg.
0: Hey, good morning. Shannon, I had the privilege of speaking to you and Dan about this time a year ago, and I am a partner, but I have the $85 membership. I don't have the other where you get the portfolio shocker because I'm not investing directly in the stocks at the moment but I am investing in TPLC and I've been doing that now since I spoke with you guys about a year ago, every month. And I, I guess it's just a general question. Is that suffice enough for me for long term, or do I need to start an individual stock portfolio, you know, on the side as well? I'm 49, I'm 48, fixing to be 48 and self-employed. Um, so I, I didn't know, if, um, like I said, if I needed to further that or if I stayed with this, you know, long term, that would be suffice for a good retirement.
3: Yeah, so that is going to be a diversified holding. It is, uh, it's made up of about 300 underlying securities. So just having that one ETF is going to get you enough diversification if you, you know, or, or just starting out, if you if you don't have a really large portfolio, that's a great foundational place to begin. So um, you could use that, even if you uh, if you upgrade to get the tracker, there all of the Timothy models are on there as well. So whether you're investing in a IRA account, a Roth account, uh, just a regular investment account, you can include all of your investments in that tracker, and it's going to show you. Um, where you are versus where you should be, and it's going to give you great direction to go. But the TPLC is a great foundational position, but there are some other areas of exposure if you look at the asset allocation model for your age that you, you should eventually get some exposure to.
0: Okay. Thank you very much.
3: All right. Great. Thanks for calling well, folks. uh, Seth, what what else do we have? Do we have anything on social? Yeah, we
5: have some more Ask Shanna questions here, Shanna. I appreciate everyone. Been doing a great job keeping these short and pithy, so good work there. Andrew is my age. He's 30, and he's curious to know if you have an opinion, Shanna, on a health savings account. It's open enrollment season, and he's always held a traditional health care plan through his employer. He's looked into an HSA before but is scared to change. It looks like a good thing. He has great insurance through his employer, and they offer an HSA, and they also contribute to it. What do you think? think Shanna?
3: I think it's a great idea. Um, I'm a fan of the HSA accounts. Um, If you get them in the private market, you have to have a high deductible plan. So make sure that you do qualify there. But it sounds like um, he's going through the one that his employer offers. And if they make a match, that's even better. So, you know, you can put money into this account. It's not like one of the accounts where you can put money into, but if you don't use it, you lose it. In an HSA account, It's similar to an IRA account in that you can put the money in, you can get a tax deduction on it. And uh, in some cases, they even give you the ability to invest it in different things. I don't know if his has the option to do that or not. Now, what I would recommend is building up plenty of cash in there to pay for any and all out-of-pocket medical expenses that you wouldn't be able to pay for otherwise. So for example, the amount of your deductible, um, any other out-of-pocket expenses uh, up to the limit that you may have in your health plan so you can use that and it comes out tax-free um, above and beyond that if you can if you do have the option to invest some of it then you can have it grow and you can use it later down the road so it's a it's a really great great tool to have
5: very good, Shannon. Nathan is saying, what is the difference between ETF1 and TM22 that has caused TM22 to no longer be in the 20 to 35 model? They're still interchangeable in some other models. He already has TM22 and thinks he might rather keep buying it uh, than start buying ETF1, but he wanted to ask about that before deciding for sure. What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Keep it. Um, it probably should be interchangeable with the other one. So I'll take a look at that on the back end, and, you know, as I mentioned before, we're going to be making some some small changes to the asset allocation models depending on the, the outcome of the election, where we see the pockets of opportunity, so just, um, just sit tight for now and uh, reevaluate when we put out the new models.
5: Very good. Cheryl is next, has a question regarding E40, which is a limited partnership. And the stock description says you will receive a K-1 for tax filing. If this is held in an IRA, do you have to report what is shown on the K-1 on your tax return? And then a follow-up question, are there any other problems with holding uh, a limited partnership in an IRA? She's 64 years old, by the way.
3: Yeah, so you do have to report it. It's not that big of a deal. If you have a tax person, just give them the K-1 and they'll know what to do with it. Um, it's, it's not that big of a deal. If you do them yourself, you probably have some instructions in, your, in the software that you use as to where it needs to go. And yes, you do. If you, if you hold it in an IRA, you still have to do the reporting so there can be a little bit of taxes there. So it's better to hold it outside of an IRA, but you know, it wouldn't keep me from, from putting it in an IRA. Awesome, Shanna. Might have
5: time for one final question before the end of the show. Marilyn is saying, I've listened for many years and been wonderfully blessed by FISM and Dan's strategy. Uh, we've only recently, at 76, upgraded to use the tracker. Now, the 65 and up model includes three stocks there. I'll let you name those if you want to, Shanna. We have those in another portfolio at Timothy. They are Timothy stocks. Do we just ignore these deficits in our 65 and up model, knowing these are covered elsewhere?
3: All right. So, that's a great question, a very teachable moment on how to use the portfolio tracker. You should put all of your holdings that are going to be used for the same purpose, so all of your investable dollars are considered your portfolio, all of those holdings should be put in one model. So that's the beauty of the tracker is that it's not tied to a certain account, so you can list all of your holdings there, and that's going to um, add up to be your total, and it's going to give you a really good picture of where you are and where you should be according to the asset allocation models. Well, folks, let's always keep in mind as we're looking at these financial issues, what's most important? The master's coming back. Time is getting short. There's gonna be a test about what we did with all of these financial resources, our time, our talent, and our treasure. Let me encourage you, be found to be a good and faithful steward when the Lord returns. I'm your host, Shanna Burks.
4: If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.